Hello, everybody. Welcome to COVID Convos. I am your host, Andrew, and with me today are two people who are, mm, let's say, baking up a few ideas in this time of COVID. Uh, one is the <laughs> owner of Nielsen's Bakeries Pastries. One is the head baker of Nielsen's Pastries. We've got Holly and Alexa on the line. Hi, Holly and Alexa. Hi. Hello. Holly and Alexa, what's going on? Well, we've been, yes, as you said, baking up a storm during COVID. <laughs> um, we, yeah, we remained open as everything started closing. And we have found that people very much like to eat pastries in times of stress. <laughs> Yes, we. it was quite a shock to us to learn how very essential we were, I think, when we were kind of leaving it up to customers to tell us if we were essential. And I, I feel like we've barely seen a dip in our business, even though we're now open shorter hours. <laughs> and I mean, I'm baking the same amount of pastries every day, and they just go. What? So what was that feeling like when, so like two months ago when like everything was closing down, and we were still figuring out what is essential. And I remember like we were, you know, we are all a part of like a shared group text chain. And yes, we are. Um, you guys are sort of going through like finding out what is going to be essential. And then you guys found out you are considered essential. Like what was that process like for the both of you? Was that stress inducing? Was it sort of like a, a relief to know <laughs> that you were considered essential? Like how did that, how was that process for you? It was, oh, all the emotions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very awkward, I think, for me. Um, I, I've been, like, really uncomfortable with the language of essential this whole time. Um, I think, yeah, because I, I don't view us as essential. I just kind of view us as doing our jobs. And like Alexa said, we kind of put it in the hands of the customers. We just said, well, if people keep coming... I guess that shows that we are essential. And if like people stop coming to the business, then like they don't really need us. Um, yeah. Cause we didn't feel like we could make that call. And I think the language made it hard to make that call too. I was like, I don't want to say if I am essential or not, that is strange and confusing, but there was no guidance really to like say what essential was or not. But I think that what set us apart from other coffee shops was that we also do sell food and mostly sweet food, but also lunch and people were still coming in for all of that. So, yeah, they just they just kept coming into the store. So I had decided at one point that we were going to close. Um, yeah, kind of towards the beginning of it, I just thought there's no way that we should remain open um, but then over the course of four days, I guess we kind of switched gears and changed our minds and our staff all talked about it and decided we were okay with staying open. So, so we've stayed open. Alexa, yeah, did, you have any would... pro- did you have any problems with your boss's decision while you oh, got her on yeah, the phone? Let me tell you. Oh, <laughs> Here we go. This is what I wanted to hear. Um, no, my, my bosses and my coworkers are some of my favorite people. And I'm not just saying that because... Two of them are in, within listening range right now. But um, I think that that's part of when we're deciding essential and not essential. Um, it's one thing to say, okay, food sustains us and all of that. But what our little pastry shop is for the community around us was a lot of 
people wanting to check in and walk and get coffee and feel somewhat normal. And, um, and also they wanted to support us. It was this, it's this weird thing. And we've talked about this with our other coworkers is that a lot of people keep coming in and being like, aren't I great for supporting your business? And we, you know, are back to them are like, aren't we great for being open for you? And it's this weird like circle of self congratulations. (laughs) Um, but you know, I, (laughs) here we all are. So it's, yeah, like Holly said, it was this, especially in the early weeks, it was weird putting these like essentially life and death situations, you know, day by day, we were reassessing and having these kind of like deep conversations and check-ins and stuff. Um, and just, you know, without that much information and we're still getting more and more new information. So we, we kind of have it all scheduled out now and, and we're back in our new routine and in the new times, but, um, I think especially in the early days, it was, you know, (laughs) much like everything else in the world. We were just like, wait, what's going on? Okay, now there's this new thing. Okay, now we're doing this. Okay, now whatever. The floor is lava. Okay, go on. You know, so. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I wanted to commend you both. I, I don't know whose decision this was, but I think even before, you know, there's a lot of grocery stores that now have like one way aisles and then like they have different, like they have you know, please position yourself here. So you're six feet away from this person while you're waiting in line. I feel like you guys had the, like that little waiting area for the coffee. And then your the stickers on the floor to sort of signify this is six feet apart from this person and stuff. I feel like you guys were very early adopters in doing that. And was that a, a thing you guys came up with yourselves or was that like, how did, how did that come up? I think that that came up because we were, we felt stressed by uh, the customers almost for our own safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were trying really hard to regulate that. Um, yeah. with the, And and I mean, I guess I, I saw it at a couple other, because we were going to restaurants and getting lunch for our staff. We were supporting all the lower Queen Anne businesses and we were seeing it around mm-hmm. there. So we said, oh, we should do this for us too. Um it's a lot easier for us to make those decisions on the fly. I know the grocery stores need to get their official signage from their, their corporate offices or whatever. So for us, we just cut out some little paper hearts out of construction paper and taped them on the floor and wrote six feet on them. Um, I did make a very distinct choice to make it the shape of a heart because I felt yeah. like lines were too regimented and mean feeling and we want. <laughs> be a nice supportive place so people just stand on a little heart remember that they're loved and that they're doing it because they love other people too so we do try to make it as fun and friendly feeling as we can even though it's a very regimented structure and set of rules when you walk into the store yeah and i think like and this is no offense to people i think like overall people need things like visual aids to kind of and like this makes people sound dumb and i don't mean that like everybody's dumb (laughs) but like i think it is much easier for people to follow like if you just had a sign up that said please stay six feet away and you know like it just the visual aids of like this is what six feet apart is i think really it not only like helps people but just sort of gets people in that mindset of like oh yeah i'm supposed to be this far away from somebody even if you know let's say covid is solved tomorrow or something you know whatever like like you know uh, 
knock on wood. Um, but like, whatever, like, it's just the, I think like our perception of like how things are going to be is going to change. But like the idea that we're all supposed to be this distance, you know, I, I go to the park, right. And I see signs that say, please stay, stay six feet away. And they're just like maybe two feet away from each other or something. It's just like, I like, it's just without that, like visual aid of, this is what six feet looks like. It just, it's hard for people to do it. And even with the most well-meaning people, I think would still let it lapse a little bit. So, and also the hearts are nice. So I think just having a nice little visual aid is it's a little tip of the hat to these nice people. Aww. And people are doing good. I think at the beginning it was just so strange and uncomfortable and people weren't used to it, but I mean, it's been two months now and People people get it now, so kudos to kudos to our customers. They're doing great. Yeah, I, I was in there the other day, and you know, you have a sign out that says, "I think it's no more than four people in at once." Yep. And I definitely, you know, I again, I'll go places and people just sort of read a sign and they and they go, "Oh, whatever." But like with your customers, you know, there was a distinct like somebody almost walked in. They saw that there was already it was like a couple. And they saw there was already three people in the store. They did the math, realized that's five. And so they just were like hanging out and waiting until the other two people left. And then they came in and it was just very like, I I don't know if that's been the case all the time with your bakery, but (laughs) for the most part, when I've been there, it seems like people are are following the rules very well and and being very respectful. Yeah, they are. They're doing great. I think, yeah, at the beginning, it felt very like a, like a, teacher in a classroom being like don't mess it up for all the other kids because we essentially were like if people don't follow the rules we're not going to be allowed to be open right so and i will say that it started out with six people being okay in our business because it's really big in there especially now that we've moved all of the tables and chairs and the kids (laughs) play area and stuff packed that all away um but it's like you're saying it's more visually like easier to see if there's four people three people four people in there as opposed to being like oh is there half a dozen in there i don't know whatever so we did change it as time went on and one of the many adjustments we made as time went on yeah what so other than like what life in the bakery has been like for both of you individually how has life changed in the time of covid go holly (laughs) (laughs) i think my life doesn't feel all that different. And I think um, that has been strange because I think that what a lot of people are feeling in the time of COVID is this extreme like loneliness and isolation. Um, but my husband, Chris and I, we own the business together um, and we live in a house with three other people there's a small house in our backyard that also has three people in it. So we kind of have this COVID pod, essentially. Um, and cult. So, yes, <laughs> cult pod, commune, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so I, I feel the opposite of how a lot of people are feeling. And I'm feeling saturated with people. And I am actually an introvert, which surprises some people because I live with so many people. But um I think that that has been like hard for me because I felt very different from kind of the communal feeling um, in the time in the time of COVID. Um, So I always resonate a lot with when I hear interviews on podcasts of people who say just like, I wish that I was feeling 
this quarantine like everyone else, but I'm still going to work. And I'm like, oh, that's me. (laughs) I understand how you feel. (laughs) I'm, yeah, at times very jealous of the people who are quarantined, but I know they're also jealous of me. So, you know, right. it's a a give and take. (laughs) Alexa, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I as well am an introvert. I mean, gosh, Holly, if you think you're one, then there's no hope for me. Um, so what my life looked like before COVID, like a great Saturday night was me watching a TV show, uh, knitting and, and guess what I'm doing a lot of right now, uh, those things. Um, I would say the, uh, the fun fact about me is that I do not have the internet and, um, this is something that a lot of people worry about. But uh, I do have a phone. <laughs> I do have coworkers who are loading me their uh, Murder, She Wrote DVDs. And um, yeah, I mean, it's I'm taking walks and all of that kind of stuff. I, I think for, you know, I mean, this is me guessing, but just for introverts, it's a little easier um, in general. And, you know, kind of feeling guilty for not... Uh, feeling bad about oh we're losing Andrew I'm, I'm here it's just for my my internet is going a little haywire but I can hear you you just may not be able to see me oh well that's the most important part um just that like so there's been a lot of plans canceled and, and slash not made and I'm so far into this pretty okay with that pretty okay with the and and like Holly's we do have the, um, I guess, uh, energy of going to work many days a week. So we do have that outlet, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. I, the, so I, I know you've been watching a lot of Murder, She Wrote and knitting a lot. Um, is there anything else that you're doing that's <laughs> kind of helping you pass the time, I guess? Because I know like, oh. y- yeah, you live at the top of Queen Anne, essentially. Um and it seems like a pretty populated area. I don't know if you're getting out for walks and stuff, but like, what what are you doing other than that to kind of pass the time? I mean, does there need to be more? No, I, okay. no, no. That um, is, that... Yeah. <laughs> um, it's yeah. I I basically am taking like a morning walk, and then coming home and changing into pajamas. That's what I'm wearing right now. And uh, just spending the rest of the day inside. There's a lot of cooking that's <laughs> happening. Um, I oh, we should mention we are our text thread is because we have a weekly movie night with these wonderful people that are in this call right now and a few other friends where we, because Alexa doesn't have the internet, um, watch a DVD that either I have or Andrew brings to me <laughs> at work and. Um, we all just text each other dumb comments throughout the movie, and it is such a great time. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know why it's so good, but it's such a great time. It is the highlight of my week most weeks. Yeah, I think like it's it's strange because like before COVID, I mean like the amount of times that we would all text each other is yeah. was like. I don't know, maybe once a month or something, you know, like, like we'd see each other, you know, sort of like off and on, but it was not like since COVID started, like we, like our text chain, I think is active almost every day. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yesterday. Especially (laughs) yesterday. Yeah. There was a, um, somebody, uh, Paul, one of our friends introduced the, 
uh, meme that's going around of replace one letter of a musical and ruin the musical. And so that has kept people pretty busy for about a day and a half on our text chain. But um, yeah, it's, it's very, it's, I think it's great. I, I mean, there's like certain aspects of like zooms and things like that, that I can be a little overwhelming, but like, I think like the I the fact that like I, I feel like a, a lot of people are keeping more in contact than they used to mm-hmm. in this time like you know we're not we're not repla- like it wasn't like we all got together and did a movie night with each other every week with exactly. in person so like the fact that we have like started this thing that you know I you know I don't know if we'll all have time to continue doing it when co- you know when the the world reopens in in however amount of time but you know, the fact that we have this thing that was not a pre-existing thing that just sort of was created out of COVID is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of neat. Oh, for sure. I think there are, I think there are lots of aspects of this that are just making us all better humans. Um, I think people are staying in much better touch with each other. Um, And like uh, with, with the business, I think I, I appreciate how People are obsessively supporting small businesses right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that continues. I feel exceptionally more grateful for my customers than I ever have. Um, and I feel like I find those points of connection really, really important. Um, and I I often avoided every festival I possibly could. So the fact that they were all canceled, I didn't even have to refuse any invitations to go to the festivals with people. Woo, woo. Uh, <laughs> I don't like big crowds. The only big crowd <laughs> thing that I really am missing right now is baseball. I'm a big baseball fan and mm-hmm. I am sad not to be dropping peanut shells on the ground at T-Mobile Park. Um, not but- the same their house yeah and a league of their own is not streaming anywhere and i, I it's just really a letdown for me that's a do shame. you have it on dvd andrew i do <laughs> i think we do oh if you could not streaming anywhere with me that would be great yeah i will i'll next time i come by i'll i'll drop it off with you because it's about baseball and it's starring my favorite actor, Tom Hanks. So it's two of my favorite things. And one. like a wonderful role for Tom Hanks that he doesn't usually get to do, which is like kind of a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> great. I love it. He's always like, he always plays a role where you're like, God, I just wish he was kind of my dad. And then in this movie, I mean, he's, he's got a, a heart of gold, but overall he's being kind of a, a, a in a fun way, being a jerk in the yeah. film. He's never like, hurtful to people, except for um, the kid that he throws a baseball glove at, which is very funny. But, um, Oof. but yeah. How about you, Holly? Is there any what what else is like? What are some things that are getting you sort of through COVID while you're at home? What things are you enjoying doing? Well, I've been um, cooking quite a bit. Uh, we did close the bakery for one week for all of us to kind of take a breather because everything just went by so fast and we were all exhausted. So for that week, I, uh, I went to Pike Place and bought a ton of great fresh meat and produce and just cooked incredible meals for about five days that then Chris ate and it was great. Uh, <laughs> too but oh good yeah no it was great uh yeah how was watching your husband eat in front of you while he (laughs) didn't allow you 
Yes. No, I, uh, my, my ideal day is just being alone in a kitchen all day long and cooking a ton of food and then like enjoying that with people at the end of it. Um, so yes, the loss of, the loss of having people over to my home for dinner is the thing that I miss the most. Um, but I do have a husband who will eat the dinner, so that's good. Um, but that was great. So all the cooking was fabulous. Um, I really like slow cooking meats. And so it was nice to have these long days at home where I could cook pork butt and ribs and various delicious things. Uh, <laughs> but I've also been, I've been playing music a fair amount. Uh, my little tiny church uh, now does church on Zoom every Sunday, which is a funny experience uh but we were kind of a small awkward church in the first place so the switch to zoom hasn't really like changed the vibe at all because zoom is really awkward but so are all of us and so it's perfect um but uh yes uh a couple people will play a song over zoom every week and the sound on zoom is terrible for music specifically because that's not what it's made for and so like play my hymns on my ukulele and people love it. We have this great old lady in our church. She's like in her late eighties named Betty who lived in Hawaii. So every time I play the ukulele, she goes, Oh, I love that ukulele. Cute. Yeah, it's great. She left a voicemail on my phone talking about how she has me and Chris, Chris's, uh, Christmas card on her fridge and I have this voicemail that I just listen to sometimes that says I'm just seeing your happy faces and they're just so beautiful I love you both so much so you know that's great thankful for that community and then uh yeah the biggest thing is that I've become exceptionally better at Mario Kart than I ever thought (laughs) um which is because well I, can I bring Chris into this part of the call now? You may. You may allow him on the call. We call Mario Kart Church. Sure. Oh, I'm going to get him. <laughs> Andrew, I'll say while she's gone. Oh, good. Boy, that you know, one thing I'm missing is being able to pet dogs on the street during my walks. I know. Nobody it's... lets you do it anymore. I mean, the, the, the new, I mean, the new thing that the CDC says is that, like, it's, it's, it doesn't seem to last on services as long as they originally thought. So right, right. there may not be as much of a danger in petting dogs, but certainly <laughs> for me, when I walk Scotty, he wants to say hi to dogs so bad. Right. And it breaks his heart. It, like just this morning we were on a walk and like we walked by a golden that was like sort of a little perked up to see him. And he wanted to say hi so bad. And I was just like, I just don't know yet. So I had to like kind of tug him away and he just was making these little crying noises. And yeah, that's the, that's for me. I know like there's been worse things in the world that have come from COVID, but like for me, it's just, it's very hard to watch him. Are there? Yeah. Yeah. Breaking my dog's heart is the worst (laughs) one. You're right. Um, But yeah, seeing him be so sad about not saying hi to other dogs or like human friends that he knows in the neighborhood has been like, really, that's the hard part. Oh, And hi, Chris, by the way. Hi, Chris. Yeah. (laughs) So we're here to talk about Mario Kart Church is what Holly says. Yeah. So uh, before all of the pandemic stuff started, 
my friend Jeff moved back, and there was a small group of us, maybe like four or five people, who started like meeting up and doing Mega Cups, where we would race like 32 races in a row on Mario Kart, and um, like, yeah, and we all were getting super good at it, and uh, slowly we kept on like telling people about this, and more and more of our friends were like, this sounds super fun, and uh, more and more people were coming over to our house. <clears throat> Well, the week that everything was shut down, we were uh, we were slated to have our first completely human, like, a full lobby of racers in our house. So we're going to have 12 people over. Oh, my God. To, on, uh, um, it wasn't Super Bowl Sunday. It was a Sunday no, after. It was a little later. <clears throat> yeah, it was after. But we were going to have 12 people over and have 12 screens. It was going to be awesome. And that was like the first thing we canceled under <laughs> the rules of the quarantine and everything. Because I think it was like two days after Governor Inslee said no groups of 10 or more right. can gather. Specifically yeah. 12 Mario Kart players <laughs> in one room. Yeah. I'm talking was, to you, Chris. And yeah, we remember, that, we remember that press conference very well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so then we said, well, hey, you know, like, let's... Let's just uh, do this anyway. We're like, Nintendo has an online thing. Let's just do it like that. And um, my brother had the idea that, you know, everybody is kind of stuck in their house and they have nothing to do anyway. So let's just make this a weekly event uh, and call it church because, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's consistent. You'll have a place to be. You'll have a plan for every Sunday. And, yeah, we will play Mario Kart. And uh, it's gotten to the point since, you know, nobody has <laughs> anything to do, really, that we have too many people. And so we have to, like, kind of, like, text everyone <laughs> and see who's available because right. we have a replacement for in the empty slot. But, uh, yeah, for, mo for the most part, it's, like, nobody really cancels. Everybody is super, super into it and is ridiculously good now. Because I would say every single person who plays now can beat, like, the hardest computer settings, like, available. And that's, like, for, the, like, the last place people. Uh, Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, because, I mean, uh, my brother and I, we have been playing Mario Kart since we were little kids. And so we are very, very, very good at it. Just obscenely and yeah i would just i would just like to interject as somebody who played the original mario kart on the super nintendo and continue to play every mario kart since it has no bearing on me being good at mario kart i'm still very bad at the game <laughs> <laughs> having been playing it since i was like i would guess what when did the first one come out like 92 uh yeah i think 91 92 or something like that yeah so i see I, the key is you have to be obsessive for every game <laughs> that comes out <laughs> i'm 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 just letting you know has no bearing still very bad i've played every single one since the first one and it does not matter i the the skills do not translate for me it's like a new every new one that comes out it may as well be and in like I may as well be going from like basketball to baseball in terms of the skills crossing over. So <laughs> I just want to say not everybody who has played since they were kids is really good. 
Well, yeah, because I, I didn't play video games at all as a kid. Um, that was not allowed in our house. And so I didn't play Mario Kart until probably two or three years ago, maybe. Um, and... Yeah, I like I still have fun, but then I was not having fun when I was getting 12th place every time with all these people who were really, really good. So then I knew that I knew I had gone to a new level when I like went onto Google and just typed in good cart to use for beginner Mario Kart player. <laughs> and then I'm learning all these statistics about which character I should have and which cart and which wheels and I just said, okay, I've crossed over to a new side, <laughs> and this is who I am now, I guess. Because <laughs> yeah, there is an encyclopedia of knowledge on every single Mario Kart game, and what one, what card you should use for each race, what characters you should use for each race, it's... It, the, it's an endless void of <laughs> things you can obsess over. Yeah. So I guess the lack of baseball has led to an increased consumption of Mario Kart. There you go. I mean, for some... One sport for another. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, for some people, it's Animal Crossing. For you, it's Mario Kart. Yeah. Animal Crossing, I still haven't gotten into. (laughs) I... I think I'm upset by the intense capitalism of Tom Nook. I'm like, <laughs> I'm tired of capitalism. I don't need more of it. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a capitalist in that he loaned you money and you're supposed to pay him back. He's sort of an anti-capitalist in that, like, there's no real punishment for not paying him back. And also, that- like, he there's no, like, date in which you have to pay him back by, right? I like I got mad at him because I like paid him back. He's like, great, now buy this thing. And I'm like, oh, but I just like, what if I don't want to just keep buying things? Then I think the game's over. I think like Animal yeah, Crossing so I ends. Think that's, I think that's why like, I haven't quite bought yeah. into it. Ha ha. I'll beat the game in her own way. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you both for your time. Uh, we we've we've gone. I don't want to take more of your time, but before we go. Uh, Alexa, I'm sorry this question doesn't apply to you, but Holly and, <laughs> no. Holly and Chris, what is your preferred racer in Mario Kart? Oh, you know, I'm I'm still working it out. I was being Lemmy for a long time. Um, I liked his rainbow hair, and in my preliminary Google search, they said that was a good one. Lemmy is one of Bowser's uh, kids, right? Yeah, he's one of the Koopalings. But, uh, but... Just last night, I played as Dry Bones for the mm. first time, um, and that went all right for me. Uh, it was pretty funny because every time he wins or loses, he like takes his head off, which I find amusing. Um, but he's either frowning or smiling, depending on if he won or lost. But I might, uh, in my training this week, play around with being Koopa Troopa and see how that goes. Classic. Chris, yeah. what about you? I am Princess Daisy on the Yoshi bike, uh, mostly because, well, you know, of course the stat thing, but uh, she also has the sweetest jumpsuit of all of the characters in the Mushroom Kingdom. It's a, it's this like white and gold like jumpsuit that has a humongous heart on the back of it that you can like see when she does tricks. Plus, yeah, her, like, the animations that she does when she, like, 
tricks off ramps and everything. She's just the best. There's a heart on it? Yeah, you can't see it a lot of times because her hair is covering it. Oh. But when you do the tricks, then the you can see it. The way you described it, I thought maybe the heart was on her butt. Oh, no, no. <laughs> nothing it's it's hiding behind her hair. Yeah, it's Got hiding it. behind her hair. It's, it's, like, it's a special treat when you can see the heart. <laughs> it's, yeah, it sounds like it's a real special treat for you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> Alexa, I, I sense future Halloween costume. That's right. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Alexa, yeah. I didn't mean to exclude you. Do you do have you played? Do you play Mario Kart? Have you played Mario Kart? And do you have a favorite <laughs> racer? Um, I played it once at Holly's house, and then threw like a mini temper tantrum after being like, "This is why I never play video games when I've never played them before." Um, so there you go. I don't know who I played at the time. Maybe a turtle. <laughs> Maybe Koopa Troopa. There's a number of turtles. Well, at okay. least characters with shells. There's a lot of shelled characters. Um, in that case, Alexa, what character in Murder, She Wrote do you identify with the most? Ooh, identify with the most. Probably the grumpy doctor, um, Seth Hazlitt. Uh, he's always just kind of like, you know, wanting to cook and eat. And well, he plays chess, but I'll just equate that to knitting or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And you, Andrew, what supernatural character do you identify oh, with oh wow what a great question mm-hmm. uh, holly loved the question yeah <laughs> supernatural character i don't she's louise um too many too many i my guess is i i would feel like dean because dean i think is just eating the most and so like <laughs> i sense con- a theme here <laughs> considering how much i love snacking i'm gonna i'm gonna go with dean Great. Is Dean the one who is Dean in Gilmore Girls? No, that's Sam. No. It's oh, very, very that's confusing. confusing. It was yeah. a little confusing for like one year he's Dean and the next year he's Sam who is brothers with Dean. But also to go from playing Dean to another Dean would have also maybe been too much. <laughs> Did you know that Alexa saw Jared Paladecki at Bartels <laughs> time? At where? Bartels. I feel like... so. Alexa, Did tell I get me his name right. Uh, Padalecki. Come on, Holly. Is that what it said? <laughs> Not quite. I, we'll play it back, and you'll you'll Paladecki? hear. I think he said Paladecki. Yeah. Darn it! He listens to this podcast. He's going to be very offended. <laughs> He's going to be hugely mad. Um, tell me if I'm wrong. He seems ginormous. Oh yes, you mean in real life? Yeah. He was. Um, well, it was kind of like I saw him, uh, you know, from a distance. He was at the cashier's and I was waiting in line. Um, so I wasn't able to just like get right up next to him and like, you know, see how much taller he was than me <laughs> at the time. But he's, yeah. I, I, I don't know his exact measurements. And maybe it's because like, you know, <laughs> uh, Jensen Eccles could also be tall. I, he seems a fair bit taller than Jensen himself. But I guess I like think he's like... <sighs> Six four. That seems six, right. Six seven. Yes. Yeah. So there's know. a there's a big difference between six four. And Twelve six, feet seven. tall. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> That's like normal and not. Normal. And near giant. Yeah. Yeah. I um, look it up on my phone, but mm. yeah. The um, I guess the scene I always think of is when they do the in the Gilmore Girls revival. He shows up for like one scene, and he's just so much taller than Alexis Bledel that he seems like. A huge, like he just seems ginormous, but she also might be small. I think it's yeah, a combination of both. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's probably she's small, and also I think there's a lot of probably fairly tall people on Supernatural, so he doesn't seem as ginormous as everyone else. But 
I think he he is probably a very. I mean, guy. it is called Supernatural. So, the, so yeah, correct. Everyone had to be super. It makes sense tall. that they would all be unnaturally tall. Natural. That's right. Yeah. Hey, so to the both <laughs> of you, thank you for joining me on this podcast. This is really fun. <laughs> thank you, Andrew. Fun as always. And uh, I'll talk to you guys tonight when we watch our movie. Which hey. is uh, guess who? Guess who? That's not, yeah, that, that is the name of the movie. That, yeah, okay. that, was not, that was not an instruction for you, Holly, to guess. <laughs> no, I know. All right. Thanks, All everybody, right. for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Andrew. Bye.